This is the Y'all Show. Hello, hello, and hello to all y'all. We're here for the Tuesday edition. We've got our Southern Political Report coming up, and our eye will be on the peach state of Georgia, the Empire State of the South. They're about a month away from a big, well, unless it gets postponed, and I don't think it will this time, they're about a couple of weeks away now, away from a pretty big primary in the state of Georgia to determine who's going to be running for U.S. Senate in two different races. And we'll give you the latest polling out of the Peach State, as well as the latest polling in terms of the presidential race in the state of Georgia. All that is part of our Southern Political Report. And one of the big candidates who was a celebrity about four years ago when he ended up trying to become a congressman in the suburbs north of Atlanta, well, he's weighing in on this case out of Brunswick here in the state of Georgia after the young man was killed. And we will tell you about that as part of our Southern Political Report. All that to come this hour. Also this hour, we're going to go to y'all.com for the latest on what's there. We've got some very helpful advice coming to you courtesy at y'all.com. And so you want to make sure you stick around for the helpful things that we'll be passing along. And all that's coming your way later this hour. Hour two today, we've got some sports headlines. Major League Baseball, they are uh, they're inching closer and closer to a first pitch uh, and a resumption of spring training even before that time but it looks like we might have baseball going on in a couple of months and we'll have information on that plus a college official with the university of virginia the 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 chief there at uva has weighed in on the coronavirus and a resumption of college sports we'll share that information as all of that part of our sports land yep included in that land yep we've got some nascar news remember in just a couple of days the checker flag will be waving in darlington south carolina before the checker flag waves i guess you got to have a green flag to, to get the race started but we'll tell you about a revision in the nascar schedule a couple of races have already been erased from the schedule and a blast from the nascar past to let you know about believe it or not kyle larson the guy who essentially got kicked out of nascar just a handful of weeks ago he returned to racing this past weekend and i'll let you know what he did and where he did it and that's coming up as part of our sports land yep on today's y'all show hour two also our barbecue barrister matt hermans is going to be dropping by we just had mother's day this past weekend i wonder what the old fella did to make his his wife and a new mother she is what he did special for her when it came to food for mother's day i'll ask him the question i'll also ask him what he thinks of ham i love me some ham i had ham on mother's day maybe you had ham and is that the perfect meat for mother's day i will find out we'll talk about that plus we're going to get a little bit scientific with our barbecue barrister today we're going to discuss the atmosphere specifically humidity and the wind gust and more how does all that affect when you are grilling if you've got the smoker going do you need to be changing the way you do it if the humidity is is really really bad or if the wind's really blowing extremely hard if you're out there trying to get your 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 pig done in the middle of a tornado we'll discuss all that with matt hermans our barbecue barrister and all that is headed your way in our number two we want to hear from you here on the y'all show and the way we can get you on here is to 
we're we're just going to come out and ask you would you please let us know you're out there let us know what you're thinking we want to know and the way you do that the way you let you your voice be heard is you give us a text or a telephone call it's the same number either way that number is 803-816-1170 803-816-1170 and that's the direct line to us here and you can ask us a question you can share some commentary you can complain we'll take anything you got just hit us up, and that's the way you do it. 803-816-1170. You can go to our website. It's y'all.com. Y'all, the ultimate guide to the South. And as I said, we've got some really good stories up at y'all.com, some of which I'll be promoting in a handful of minutes when we have our y'all.com update. All of that right there, free of charge at y'all.com. And don't forget, y'all.com and the Y'all Show are big time on Facebook. Go there right now and look up y'all.com, Y-A-L-L.com on your Facebook. And please follow us on Facebook. Like us, follow us, subscribe. Whatever the method you need to do, we want you to be part of the Y'all Army. And we're signing up volunteers right now. And we want you to, to join and be a part of the fun of the South. All that right here on the Y'all Show and y'all.com. Let's get into the headlines. What's going in? and on around the south here today and in florida a city there has now closed beaches a week after reopening them due to visitors defying coronavirus social distancing orders and this comes to us in naples the beaches in naples and collier county were crowded with beachgoers over the weekend a potential problem that a councilman brought to the attention of his fellow council members there in naples and now this southwest florida city has closed its beaches because visitors again failed to follow social distancing measures meant to curb the spread of the coronavirus and this council person there in naples told the local newspaper he went to check out the beaches after a friend texted him about the vast number of people on the sands well first of all if the sands and the beaches around naples weren't so darn pretty you might not have so many people out at the beach i'm sure it was also a beautiful day there in southwest florida as well but this council member price said that he went to the beach it was packed people were parking everywhere blocks away and now naples said its decision to close the beaches is in accordance with the guidelines from the centers for disease control and prevention the cdc as well as ron DeSantis, the governor's state of emergency executive order residents of naples called the closures unfair and are blaming tourists for packing the beaches and complaints posted to a local newspaper's facebook page so that is an example of just because some of the restrictions are loosening up in some areas it doesn't mean it can't go back to the way it was and depending on where you live have you actually gone through most of our states now have sort of a four-step plan for reopening the first thing they'll let restaurants open up with usually no more than a 50 percent capacity and social distancing guidelines have to be in place oftentimes that means the people who work in the restaurant have to wear face masks and oftentimes depending on each municipality the customers have to be wearing a facial covering when in the restaurant or the retail store oftentimes that's what they call phase one and then phase two you'll start to see more retail outlets open up and a little bit less of a restriction on restaurants they might can increase their capacity a little bit more still minding the social distancing measures all along the way 
then you get to what's called the third phase and i think all this actually comes down from the centers for disease control but what i've seen on phase three that's when you have barber shops and salons hair and nail places open up and most all your retail places are then given the green light to open up as well as restaurants getting more to a full capacity and a little bit maybe less restrictive on face mask to go to phase three then you go to phase four phase four from what i've seen essentially is allowing concerts and movie theaters and all those type of places to reopen all while maintaining some kind of social distancing and you got to live with it you got to deal with this and as much as we would all like to pretend we can wake up and it was just like it was back in january unfortunately until there is a vaccine or we have a really good way to slow the spread or eliminate the spread of the coronavirus chances are no matter where you are in the south and around the world even you're going to have to have social distancing and likely you if you don't have a mask you might want to have one handy i have actually worn a mask in the last week and i i was two weeks ago adamant that i would not wear a mask and i'm still not a fan of it i'm still not likely to wear it unless i absolutely have to and is that dumb on my part likely very much so is it dumb because yes i'm hurting myself potentially but i'm also hurting others let's say i'm carrying the virus and i may not even realize it i'm asymptomatic is the the big fancy term and i'm because i'm walking around engaging in conversations perhaps with people and i am doing my best to socially distance there's a chance i could be giving this virus to other people unknowingly and that's that's why wearing a mask does make a difference i got to give credit to moe's welcome to moe's if you know where those places are in the southeast the moe's that i went to required you to wear a mask to even go in and order and you couldn't eat in the restaurant but you had to wear a mask to even step foot into the restaurant i wonder if that's a corporate policy out of the georgia-based moe's tex-mex cuisine a lot of people love their moe's and you know what i went there on a tuesday I didn't even go there on a Monday, but let me brag on Moe's. Moe's, the cantina, I think is what they go by. I went there on a Tuesday. If you know anything about Moe's Monday, if you live in an area where Moe's is, they give you a great deal on Mondays. You get a drink, chips, and a burrito for about six bucks. It's a heck of a deal. You know what? On the day that I went to Moe's the other day, it was, I think, a Wednesday, and they gave me the same monday deal on a wednesday i don't know if that was a mistake or that's something mose is doing to try to attract customers because it was very awkward to order even at mose now this is a place that you usually walk in there and they'll serve everything on the burrito or whatever entree you're getting they'll do the dirty work they'll do the work they ask you what you want so you kind of have to go down the line in this case, this particular franchise of Moe's, I was probably eight feet away from the servers and they were behind glass. And I really had to stand on the top of my toes to look over the glass to even see what they were going to ask me to what I wanted to put on my burrito. The Joey bag of donuts is what it's called there. Luckily, I made it out just fine and it was a great, great food experience for me. 
and and I'm lucky that I live in an area where I could have gone into a restaurant like a Moe's and enjoyed a meal. And it's the simple things. Most of us have been shut out of going in restaurants, period. And so as we in, our, in southern states kind of start opening things up, opening the screws on the tap to let things open, economy and commerce get back up and going, it felt so good to go in a restaurant and get food. Although in this case, it was a to-go because they wouldn't let me there and eat inside i did get them back though yeah i i went outside to the outdoor area at moe's and they had all the chairs up on tables they didn't want you to eat out there i just stood out there put my food on the little railing and i ate my meal there so i got back at them and and i'm only kidding i don't think they really cared to be honest with you but i have been in restaurants thankfully in the last week where i've had a chance to sit down and enjoy a good southern meal God bless you, Dixie Cafe. Yes, I have enjoyed that. And perhaps, perhaps you have had an opportunity to go into a restaurant here in the last couple of days if your area of the South has opened up to some degree. And it's just like a kid on Christmas morning to be able to sit in a restaurant and, and order and sit down and get your food, maybe even get a refill. That's what I really like best when I go to a restaurant. It's the drinks. Oh, yeah, especially if it's some good tea. Unfortunately, I can't tell you it's sweet tea these days. I've kind of converted to more of an mostly unsweet with a little bit of, of sweetness in there. In fact, that's the one thing, going back to Moe's, you got to give them credit for. They When you go in there, they've got the big... The big container of tea for both sweet and unsweet and they've got the the sweet tea labeled southern tea and the unsweet tea is northern tea and if you want to go and do the breakdown now on the kind of tea i'm drinking i guess that makes me a yankee because i'm drinking a little bit more northern tea than i am southern tea not bragging it, it I, this is a confessional i do a show all about the south and based on my tea consumption I think I'm turning into a yank. Oh, gosh, let's go get a bagel and cream cheese now. Now, okay, so we know about Florida and the beaches there. But to their credit, they they did what they had to in in Naples, Florida, to kind of shut down uh, an absolute out-of-control situation with people going to the beaches. And I know other beaches around the south are seeing a lot of people stopping by. And if you don't believe me, Go on some of your friends who go to beaches around the South, and I bet you they've got either a Facebook feed, a live video at their favorite beach where you can see that beach. And a lot of people may be out there social distancing. That's the key. But yeah, it is tempting for sure. And I think, and I'm going to tell you a story here in a second coming out of the state of Florida. I think we're getting closer and closer to where, at least in some of our areas, we actually can go on a vacation and eat in restaurants and stay in hotel rooms and have fun and i'll tell you more about that in just a second we're gonna we're gonna get through this somehow some way y'all and one way we might just get through it is through the great effort of officials in houston texas now i don't think you want to volunteer to help them i am not about to help these officials in houston texas as they're going to use human feces to track the spread of covid19 this is not a joke this is not a joke very prestigious houston-based rice university 
and city health officials in Houston have begun testing the wastewater samples for COVID-19, a process they hope will reveal the true spread of the new coronavirus as clinical testing continues to lag. The effort there in Houston makes use of studies that show traces of the virus can be found in human feces, and that testing samples of sewage collected in the city's wastewater treatment plants by doing this officials hope to uncover the scale of the outbreak in houston and perhaps locate hot spots detect undetected by in-person tests so somebody out there is going in the wastewater and sewage treatment plants of houston and testing <laughs> for the spread of covid19 by yeah tracking the poop the the feces you use the word you like that's not a job that i think too many of you want to be out there researching at this point but if it helps find a cure and helps answer questions then we're all for it now after that kind of story we need a feel-good story and that's what i'm going to tell you right now and this is really good if you live in the states of alabama and tennessee today and there's a good chance if you're not in those great states something like this has either already happened or is about to happen and this kind of follows about a week and a half ago it was last weekend remember we had the blue angels and it was the blue angels and the air force equivalent all flew formations together in places like washington dc they went to atlanta and the the thunderbirds i guess that's the term the thunderbirds and the blue angels have teamed up and they went on a kind of a tour in several portions of the country including our nation's capital well now on a state-by-state level you're seeing similar displays of our awesome military and in alabama the air force reserve is having a salute to healthcare heroes and they're going to be flying over 10 hospitals in the heart of dixie today and that two ship formation will fly over montgomery the hospital in tuscaloosa that's the druid city hospital there muscle shoals in florence as well as in north alabama decatur and huntsville hospital they'll be in the birmingham area they'll go over to auburn opelika as well as troy they'll be there in the wiregrass portion of the state and then they'll also fly over selma alabama this is being done by the 908th airlift wing and the colonel there craig drescher put out a statement saying that they wanted to show support for all of the great Alabamians doing everything they can in this fight against COVID-19. So here's your flyover schedule for Alabama. It starts out in the state capital of Montgomery around 1110. You can look up to the sky and see this flyover from the Alabama Air National Guard. And then they'll quickly make their way to Tuscaloosa. Within 15 minutes, they'll go from the capital to the arguably capital of college football t-town and they'll be there around 11:45. then in north alabama muscle shoals florence they'll be there around 12:10, flying over there all this central time by the way in decatur right on the tennessee river 12:20 to 12:30, expected arrival there and then just a few miles to the east in huntsville flying over huntsville hospital right around 12:30 today then birmingham in the magic city right around one o'clock i'm not sure what or which hospitals in the birmingham area they'll be flying over so chances are just go into downtown birmingham and look up and you'll see that thing flying right over vulcan and auburn 125 is the expected arrival there troy 145 and then selma and the black belt of alabama right around 205 is the flyover they may be delayed to 
due to weather or air traffic or maintenance concerns so my time don't hold me to it but that's what's happening in alabama now if you look up in the air and look up to the beautiful skies in tennessee you just might see operation american resolve as the tennessee national guard has organized a statewide flyover saluting the health care heroes of the volunteer state and i'll give you the times across tennessee for you to be able to see this flyover across the volunteer state and a fantastic job for tennesseans to be able to see this as they'll be starting out i think in east tennessee working their way westward so eastern times here as there'll be actually two different wings doing their different part here as part of this salute to the heroes so eastern time starting out 1138 in the morristown uh, actually more this is bristol the tri-cities area around 11:30, you'll see the flyover there and then around morristown 11:58, and that'll also be right around the time they around noon they'll be flying over knoxville then they'll be closer to north of around cleveland around 12:15, and then over chattanooga around 12:45 eastern as part of this particular wing that will be flying in the volunteer state now in the middle and western portions of tennessee this flyover will also be going on so to let you know where that starts it actually starts early in nashville Twelve thirty is the start time there they'll be flying westward and they'll go toward cheatham city and then they'll dip down and head more to the east again flying over williamson county franklin then over murfreesboro around twelve forty-five, they'll be hitting murfreesboro one o'clock it looks like they'll be around uh, cookville is where that'll be it looks like and then 209 they'll be heading toward crossville so this is actually there and i was mistaken there's it looks like three different wings this is a big deal in tennessee it took a lot of lot of effort and in fact it is the the c-17 164th airlift wing out of memphis the KC-135 134th Air Refueling Wing out of Knoxville, and then another refueling wing out of Knoxville also participating in this. So I mentioned the flight path that's going to be over Middle Tennessee. Then also out of Nashville, you've got a flight leaving out around 1230 that's going to go toward Dixon, then dip down, and it will be over, let's see, looks like it'll be over... Let's see, Parker's Crossroads and more around 1245, and then it'll be making its way into West Tennessee, and it looks like, based on what I'm seeing here on the flight path, it will be hitting, let's see, the Jackson, Tennessee area around 115, and then it'll make its way to Shelby County heading southwest, and it'll be flying over Memphis and Shelby County right around 2 o'clock. So again, this is part of the flyover, the salute to healthcare heroes, this in Tennessee, and a great, great thing that the National Guard and more are doing to give a little inspiration to our heroes who are fighting the coronavirus. Now to that story I promised about what's going on in Florida, perhaps a true sign things might just be getting back to normal, at least sooner than later. Disney World is now accepting hotel reservations from July 1st on. So if you want to go to see the mouse, chances are if you call up right now, Disney World is going to book you as they're able to make reservations for arrival starting July 1st or later. Disney World parks and resort hotels closed back in mid-March in an effort to stop the spread of the coronavirus. And we still don't know when Disney World is going to reopen, but it looks like they'll take your money now for the hotels of Walt Disney World and 
the other attractions of lake buena vista florida so that is a good sign and we all need good signs moving on more headlines across the southeast this is going back a little bit a woman charged with killing a former arkansas lawmaker says she did it for money and to avoid arrest that according to a prosecutor who alleged this in a court filing robert dietrich the special prosecutor assigned to the case filed a notice with the randolph county circuit court and this says that 49 year old rebecca o'donnell has been charged with capital murder abuse of corpse and evidence tampering in the killing of senator linda collins prosecutors there in the natural state are seeking the death penalty she has pleaded not guilty the decomposed body of collins was found outside her home in pocahontas that's northeast of little rock by about two hours in june of last year o'donnell was arrested a few weeks later after collins's remains were found and has been held without bond in the randolph county jail but again this woman evidently according to the prosecutor killed this arkansas lawmaker for money as this was a really i remember this story breaking we don't often have a lawmaker a person serving get murdered and that was the case here last year with the killing of state senator linda collins in the state of arkansas now would you like to know the top five wettest cities in america well we can tell you that now in fact five cities are in the south that see the greatest amount of precipitation on average and now using a 30-year average monthly precipitation total from the noaa going back to 1981 up until 2010 cities with the greatest amount of precipitation each year we've got the list and that list includes populations with 50,000 more in the contiguous united states number five on this list pensacola the city of what five or six flags right on the panhandle pensacola averages 61.2 inches of rain on average a year that's a lot of rain now that's not as much as miami also in the sunshine state miami 61.9 inches of precipitation annually on average there in south florida west palm has a little bit more west palm beach 62 inches of rain annually in that portion of florida then we move out of the sunshine state and with 62.45 inches of precipitation annually on average the crescent city of new orleans as new orleans has big puddles in this city of course that most of it is below sea level that's not a happy combination and drum roll the wettest city in all of the united states it's not florida it's not in louisiana it's about smack dab in the middle mobile alabama the birthplace of mardi gras is the birthplace of a lot of rain 62.45 inches of precipitation annually on average in mobile alabama take your raincoat when you go to mobile and all this precipitation to my knowledge mobile has not had snowfall in a long long time so it's all rain and and to also to my knowledge mobile hasn't been hit by a typhoon or a a hurricane that just sat over the place and made it flood for 50 days it's just thunderstorms and being right on the gulf of mexico is why mobile is your wettest city in all of the land good information to know and take your umbrella next time you're 
on the Gulf Coast of Alabama. Now, some business news. Nordstrom, perhaps you shop at Nordstrom. They have announced they're closing 16 stores around the country, and we've got the list of a handful of those that are going to be closing here in the South. These stores not just closing because of the coronavirus, they're closing permanently, this being announced by the retailer Nordstrom. As the CEO, Eric Nordstrom, said, more than ever, we need to work with flexibility and speed, and they're shutting down stores. So here are the locations of the southern locations of Nordstrom that are shuttering, and few are in Florida. So to give you the list here, in Naples, the Waterside Shops location, and in Miami, the Dadeland Mall location, in the state of Maryland right there in the capital, in Annapolis, the Annapolis Mall location of Nordstrom is closing down. And then Texas, the Northeast Mall location in Hearst, Texas, is shutting down. And then the capital of Richmond, Virginia, the Short Pump Town Center, that location of Nordstrom, closing permanently. So go get your shopping. If they haven't already closed, you might get lucky and and get in there and get a few deals, perhaps, for the doors are sealed tight. How about this story coming out of the second day in a row? I'm telling you about Holly Springs, Mississippi. I told you on Monday how Russ College there just hired the former mayor of San Antonio, Texas, to be the new president of the Russ College Go Bearcats. Well, how about this story? Perhaps the most famous person from Holly Springs, other than Shepard Smith, is Ida B. Wells, the suffragette and civil rights icon of the late 19th and early 20th century. She was actually a co-founder of the NAACP, And now, not far from Holly Springs, just down Interstate 22 in Tupelo, officials in that city are now proposing to rename a road that's already sort of named for Ida B. Wells after her. The street is currently called Ida, and now they're trying to change Ida Street to Ida B. Wells Street. And sure enough, it was named after her, but I don't know why they didn't just add the Ida B. Wells or her married name, Ida B. Wells Barnett. But the council members there, Nettie Davis and Tupelo, is proposing to modify the street name because not many people know that the street was named to start with after Ida B. Wells. Now, Ida B. Wells is in the news right now. She just was awarded posthumously the Pulitzer Prize for her reporting on the lynching of blacks during the Jim Crow era. And Ida B. Wells, who was born right in the middle of the war between the states in Holly Springs, born in 1862, And she died back in 1931 at age 68. She died in Chicago. But she documented lynching in the United States. And she had an indictment called Southern Horrors Lynch Law in All Its Phases. And she was very, very gifted in terms of writing and more. She actually at one time lived in Memphis and ended up being, as I said, one of the founders of what would become the NAACP. And she just got the Pulitzer Prize this very week. So in Tupelo, they're hoping to honor their fellow North Mississippian by getting this street now officially named after Ida B. Wells. And here's a good story coming out of Lexington, Kentucky. A shop there is reuniting, speaking of history, reuniting a family of a World War I soldier with belongings that ended up being in that shop. Now, Richard DeWeese died back in 1918 while serving in the Army during World War I. And now, DeWeese's great-niece, Elizabeth Tucker, said the only possessions the family has of DeWeese are a single photograph and a purple heart awarded nearly 100 years after his death. 
But when a woman emailed Ms. Tucker saying, Scout Antique and Modern in Lexington, Kentucky, currently had approximately 75 letters and items that belonged to her great uncle, she didn't believe it at first, but sure enough, she made the drive from South Bend, Indiana to Lexington, Kentucky to see for herself. And sure enough, the owner there, Jeff Perkins, had right there in his possession this World War I memorabilia. And what a great thing. Perkins surprised Tucker when she arrived by telling her he was giving the items to her. That's very, very awesome there in Lexington, Kentucky. Good on you, Scout Antique and Modern and the Bluegrass of Kentucky for honoring this great World War I soldier who died while in service as a doughboy and his great niece, Elizabeth Tucker, is now the proud possession, has in her possession the, the letters from her great uncle who died in the Great War of 1917 and 1918. And lastly, we go to the Outer Banks of North Carolina for, okay, it's bad enough we have to deal with the coronavirus. It's bad enough we go to the beach, you got to deal with perhaps a shark bite or some other kind of animal biting. Did you know that it, on the lookout, on Cape Lookout in North Carolina, on the Outer Banks, you have the potential to spot a black bear. Sure enough, National Park Service rangers are now telling beachgoers at Cape Lookout to be on the lookout for at least one black bear. And that comes after a ranger there at Cape Lookout National Seashore posted a photo of a bear track right there in the sand on the beach. Now, bears do have the ability to swim across some of the the, the creeks or whatever they've got there, the marsh of this area of South Core Banks as part of the Outer Banks Barrier Islands. And so, yeah, if you don't have anything else to worry about if you go to the Outer Banks now, you better be on the lookout for a bear, a, a, a black bear on a beautiful white sandy beach. Now, that is something we don't often talk about here on the Y'all Show. You know what we do like to talk about? Southern politics. And when we come back after this timeout, we're going to tell you about what's going on in the peach state of Georgia. Oh, it's going to get really exciting in a couple of weeks, and we'll tell you all about it as the Y'all Show continues. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Have you ever wanted to learn a new language like French, Spanish, or Russian, but thought it would be too difficult and time-consuming? Then go to Babbel.com and try it for free. Babbel works because it's built around real life. It teaches you everyday practical conversations that you will actually use. In 15 minutes a day, you'll be on your way to speaking a new language in just a few weeks. Babbel uses a modern conversation-based technique that makes language engaging, fun, and memorable. It starts by teaching you words and phrases. Then, sentences gradually get more complex. Soon, you're practicing short conversations about real-life topics. Babbel is created by language experts who use the space repetition method to help you learn quickly and remember what you learned. With Babbel, you can speak a new language. Babbel. Language for life. Now try Babbel free. Just go to Babbel.com or download the Babbel app and start learning a new language today. That's Babbel.com. B-A-B-B-E-L dot com. A social distancing tip. 
While the CDC urges you to avoid close contact, like hugging or shaking hands, there are other non-physical ways to say hello. Wave, wink, use sign language, salute, smile, give the peace sign, throw up an air high five, do jazz hands. Remember, stay a minimum of six feet or two arms length away from others and stay home if you can. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Why have you left the one you left me for? Has she heard like me that slam and door? Did you leave for good or just get bored? Why have you left the one you left me for? We are back on the Y'all Show. It's time here on the show that covers everything in Dixie to talk a little politics here on this Tuesday edition. And believe it or not, we are just a handful of weeks away from people in Georgia going and having a primary and now because brian kemp has essentially started to lift some of the sanctions in the state of georgia i don't think this is going to get pushed back and i don't think you're going to be restricted to a mail-in type way of voting or more you're, you're going to have likely in the peach state a chance to go vote for yourself if you would like to do that now this primary was supposed to be held back i think in march or april it's been pushed back at least once and now primary elections will be held on june 9th with a potential runoff set for august 11th and there are some big races in the state of georgia now they have two u.s senate races taking place in this primary okay in addition we have to officially select either joe biden or donald trump as the front runners in the Republican and Democratic parties, respectively. Now, according to 538.com, they've done some polling, and according to their latest polling by Sagnai, it looks like, according to the numbers I'm seeing on this latest poll that came out earlier in the month, Trump in Georgia has just a one-point net result lead over Joe Biden. Close, 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 according to this polling on 538.com. Now, we remember going back to 2016, Trump and Hillary Clinton also were neck and neck, and Trump ended up winning Georgia pretty good in 2016 and likely should win it here in 2020. Now, what about these Senate races? Now, you got David Perdue, the current senator for Georgia. He's got right now, uh, on this latest polling, about a seven-point lead over his competition. Now, his competition, we don't quite know exactly who that's going to be because they have to have the democratic primary now some of the names in this primary the big name in my opinion is john ossoff now he ran back in 2017 for the sixth congressional district seat there north of atlanta and he lost that race in a close race and then the republican that won that special election this was after tom price left that seat to go be in the trump administration then after a year and a half or so, the Republican lost that election in 2018. It's now held by a Democrat there in the Atlanta suburbs, Sandy Springs, all that area. And John Ossoff is now running for U.S. Senate. Now, his other Democratic contenders include the former mayor of Columbus, Teresa Tomlinson, and a nominee for the lieutenant governor of Georgia just two years ago, Sarah Riggs Amico. And she's one of about eight people that are officially running on the Democratic primary when we have that in just a handful of weeks so that's in that particular election going on there now you also have in the state of georgia the other senate seat and that's the one that senator loffler currently has in georgia and boy she's in a lot of trouble 
Now, this is going to be kind of a open seat. This will, there will be no primary for this particular Senate seat because it's going to be pushed back to November, and the winner of the November election gets the the Senate seat. And this is for the other Senate seat currently held by Loeffler, as, remember, Isaacson had it before she did, and then he had to leave office because of his health woes, and now she got it. But she's been in a lot of a lot of bad stories about her because of some of the definitely questionable stock trades she was doing all when the coronavirus news was breaking back in March. And if you go look at the latest polling again on 538.com, it's actually Doug Collins, the congressman from the Gainesville area, who was the Trump surrogate essentially in the House during the impeachment trial of the early portion of this year. And he's got a 17-point lead over all of his competitors in this 538 polling. Now, Loeffler is at 11%, and someone named Warnock is 11 and then a Democrat, Lieberman, is at 12%. But Collins, at least in this poll, is more than twice his closest competition, and that's quite a surprise. I really thought when he announced that he was going to be competing against Loeffler, he's a current congressman from Georgia, going up against the current senator, both Republicans, I thought that was really selfish on his part, but I guess what he, what we didn't know is maybe what he did know that Loeffler was a bruised candidate heading into this 2020 election in November, especially with the questionable maneuvers from her stock portfolio. And that's why right now, if the polling holds true, you'll have a Senator Collins perhaps for Georgia when and if that time comes. And that's a quick kind of update. Now, as we all know, the case out of Brunswick, Georgia, is getting a lot of attention right now. And John Ozoff, who I just mentioned, the young guy who lost that congressional election back in 2017, he's weighing in on Twitter. I thought I'd read this real quick. As he wrote, deep race and class disparities persist in policing, prosecution, and sentencing, racial po- profiling, arbitrary detention and abuse in detention and incarceration are widespread. In the Senate, I'll fight for major criminal justice Reform That, again, from John Ushoff, who is running again for Senate against Purdue. Likely, no way he's going to win that based on the seniority that Purdue has in the Senate and more. But, yes, people are weighing in on on what's going on in the Peach State for sure right now. And that is a quick kind of gander at what's going on politically across the South and all eyes on Georgia as Georgians get ready to go to vote in this primary. Again, that date coming up is June 9th. And potential runoff, if that has to happen, August 11th. We've got more of the Y'all Show coming right back at you after this break. A quick look at what's up at y'all.com. Stay with us. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CBS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it would be too difficult? Then try Babbel. Babbel starts by teaching you words and phrases that gradually get more complex. Soon, you're practicing short conversations. So in 15 minutes a day, you'll be speaking a new language in a few weeks. Babbel is built around real life, 
It teaches you practical conversations that you will actually use. Babbel, language for life. Now try Babbel for free. Just go to Babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Do you have constipation with belly pain, straining, and bloating that keeps coming back? Take the five-question gut check to see if it could be more than occasional constipation. It could be irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBS-C. Linzess, or linaclotide, is a prescription medication that treats IBS-C in adults. Linzess is not a laxative. It works differently. Linzess helps relieve belly pain and lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Talk to your doctor about whether Linzess is right for you. Go to Linzess.com to take the five-question gut check. That's L-I-N-Z-E-S-S dot com. Or call 1-800-LINZESS. We're closing out this hour of the Y'all Show with John Rawl, and let's take a quick look, if you don't mind, at what we have up at y'all.com. Y'all, in case y'all don't know, is the ultimate guide to the South. And we've got right now Clark Shelton, our editor, has penned a great story, helpful tips for dealing with a Southern summer. One thing I guess he has to have in here is you better stay indoors <laughs> and, and stay in that air conditioning. But just to the contrary i knew clark would do this he writes get outside and get moving swimsuit season is oh so close yes everybody is a beach body but most people want to feel confident when they put on their favorite suit as the weather gets warmer outside you will likely feel more motivated to get outside and get moving the vitamin d you soak up during your exercise sessions will make you feel great too so yeah if you're scared to go show off your bikini if you go out right now and get a few miles in maybe a walk or a light jog you won't be so bashful you'll be happy to show off your body and for us fellows if we got a little bit of a beer gut hey that's all right we just let's let's all do our best and and make our swimsuits oh so beautiful mark your calendar according to clark you may want one of those people who find themselves sitting around all summer living the lazy life if you want to make sure you avoid this you need to start filling up your calendar with all the activities you want to do right now so make plans with your friends you can go purchase some tickets to maybe a museum assuming they'll be open <laughs> you can schedule some road trips in fact we're going to be taking a virtual road trip thursday to north alabama the alabama mountain lakes will be right here on the y'all show spring swing so we'll help you do a little planning in north alabama here on the y'all show this week so these are just some great tips here at y'all.com also encouraging to eat healthy and detox you gotta hydrate and all that these helpful tips helpful tips for dealing with a southern summer up right now at y'all.com and if you don't want to go outside and let's say you want to stay indoors and you have a reason to stay indoors perhaps you want to do a little home renovation oh yeah hdtv doesn't have anything on y'all.com we have and i'll just give you one or two of these really good ideas the 2020 bathroom decorating trends so yes you can go on to y'all.com and see this article 
and one of the trends bringing the nature world into the bathroom yeah bring a little kudzu in there is what they're telling you no i'm just kidding on that one but that's one of the great tips that you'll find there also open concept bathroom designs and paint walls and natural palettes that's the perfect thing to do for your loo is all right there and the beautiful photos that accompany this great story again penned by our own clark shelton the 2020 bathroom decorating trends all at the ultimate guide to the south y'all.com we'll be back in just a handful of seconds to start hour number two we've got some sports headlines to kick things off and then our barrister of bodacious barbecue matt hermans is going to talk about ham and mama's day and we'll get him to talk about the atmosphere especially humidity does that darn humidity affect the grill if you put the old pig on there and smoke it Oh, what's the answer, Barrister? He's going to answer it, and he's going to do it right after this. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Have you ever wanted to learn a new language like French, Spanish, or Russian, but thought it would be too difficult and time-consuming? Then go to Babbel.com and try it for free. Babbel works because it's built around real life. It teaches you everyday practical conversations that you will actually use. In 15 minutes a day, you'll be on your way to speaking a new language in just a few weeks. Babbel uses a modern conversation-based technique that makes language engaging, fun, and memorable. It starts by teaching you words and phrases. Then, sentences gradually get more complex. Soon, you're practicing short conversations about real-life topics. Babbel is created by language experts who use the space repetition method to help you learn quickly and remember what you learned. With Babbel, you can speak a new language. Babbel. Language for life. Now try Babbel free. Just go to Babbel.com or download the Babbel app and start learning a new language today. That's Babbel.com. B-A-B-B-E-L.com. A social distancing tip. Keeping your distance from others is important in slowing the spread of coronavirus. So here are some fun things to do alone. Read a book, take a walk, unpack your suitcase from that trip you took last September, paint a self-portrait, catch up on a TV series, do a puzzle. Remember, we should all stay home to lower the risk for everyone. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part, because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Play ball! You just might be hearing that in just a handful of weeks now. This is the Y'all Show. I am John Rawl. Tickled that you would be along for us for to go with along with us for a second hour on this, the show that's all about the South. We've got a quick look at some sports headlines and what we call sports land yap, and a friendly reminder coming up in the next segment. Our barbecue barrister Matt Hermans will be filing his latest report. You don't want to miss out on the fun. And something tells me he's going to be talking about something we've never discussed here on the Y'all Show. A little birdie told me that he's going to be talking about humidity humidity and a big old smoker oh gosh we 
can't wait for that but you're gonna have to wait because that's in the next segment right now we begin the y'all show y'all.com is our website with a sports land yet report and speaking of play ball owners of major league baseball have approved a season proposal and this is a plan for a july start now the players union has to weigh in on this but at least the owners of the 30 major league baseball franchises are wanting to play ball and the owners approved this proposal that commissioner rob manfred plans to present today on a return to play scenario that aims to have baseball back in home stadiums by early july now the meeting between mlb and the players association is today and it will set the stage for what both parties expect to be a contentious negotiation as of course players are concerned about their own safety and i'm sure most everybody's also concerned about everybody else involved with putting on baseball games and it looks like money is the at the at the heart of the return owners fearful of deep financial losses with fan-free stadiums agreed in a conference call on monday to a plan that includes a 50 50 revenue split with the players that according to espn and we'll find out if major league baseball if the players sign up on this now major league baseball is the lone uncapped team sport in the u.s it never has a straight revenue split between part of the game's finances if you go back in history we've done some weird things with major league baseball going back to the early days of the 19th century the 20th century i think would be more accurate and they've got some protections that other sports and other businesses frankly don't enjoy with major league baseball america's pastime and we'll find out if the players and owners kind of all come together and go to bat so to speak and have a baseball season starting up sometime in july now nascar has canceled a couple of races as they're getting ready to have a green flag and have a race coming up in just a handful of days in darlington south carolina races at chicago speedway and sonoma raceway as well as the race at richmond raceway all of these events are off the calendar for this year the chicago race was set for june 21st and that race was reassigned to darlington on this coming sunday may 17th the richmond spring race of april 19th is going to be replaced by the may 20th race at darlington south carolina and the june 14th sonoma race is now the may 27th charlotte race the may 24th coca-cola 600 at charlotte is keeping its traditional spot on memorial day weekend all of these races are not having fans at least the ones that are going to happen in nascar as this darlington race coming up on the 17th is to kick off a two-week schedule that includes four cup races, two Xfinity races, and a truck race. All seven events are either for Darlington or Charlotte. Only about two hours separate those two towns and two racetracks. But NASCAR trying their best to have some semblance of normality by having NASCAR fire up again coming up in just a handful of days on the 17th. Now, Kyle Larson, oh, he was enemy number one just a handful of weeks ago. And guess what? This NASCAR driver who essentially got shown the door for a racist comment about, well, he said the word that you're not supposed to say when he was playing that video game the other week. Well, how about this? Kyle Larson, he raced over the weekend as he had a car that he rode on Friday night at Knoxville Speedway. And after that, he ended up going off to another race, I think. But yes, Kyle Larson, I think he's a native of California He was one of 24 drivers at the race in Knoxville to advance in a main event. He started 18th, one position ahead of his brother-in-law, 
and the reigning series champion of that series, Brad Sweet. And now Larson slipped into 15th on a restart. And in a 30-lap event, he was only enough to – he had a 10th-place finish. So if you like Kyle Larson, I know he made a a boo-boo a few weeks ago. He's trying his best to potentially get back in the good graces of NASCAR. And and after this slur that he said on the video game, racing in an Outlaws event, the World of Outlaws race, and he had the Knoxville Raceway event this past weekend – Now to college sports, the president of the University of Virginia, James Ryan, says he hopes college football can be played this fall, although he cautioned that he does not expect it to seem like normal football seasons. As Ryan said on Face the Nation this past weekend, that athletic director Carla Williams and football coach Bronco Mendenhall are committed to a safe return to play, but that nothing will proceed until medical officials say it is safe to resume workouts. As President Ryan said, they're taking it day-to-day there in Charlottesville, and they need to have students back on grounds before football can even begin. And some recruiting information to pass along as we wrap up our sports lanyard. The Fighting Irish of Notre Dame have landed former NC State cornerback Nick McLeod as a graduate transfer. As McLeod, he announced his destination on Twitter this week. He started 20 games for the Wolfpack. He served as a team captain in Raleigh last week, but a knee injury limited him to only two games for the pack. And now, again, this cornerback who had been a starter for Dave Dorn and NC State now leaving Raleigh and leaving the ACC as Notre Dame is not in the ACC for football and taking his defensive prowess to South Bend to be a graduate transfer for the Fighting Irish here in 2020. And that's a quick look at sports happenings in our sports lanyard of today's Y'all Show. Up next, it's our barbecue barrister, Matt Hermans. He's going to talk about ham. He's going to talk about Mother's Day. And he's going to talk about the humidity and how that affects when you got your pig on the grill. All that's coming out. And it's going to be a fantastic conversation. I guarantee it. All that's up next here on The Y'all Show. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Have you ever wanted to learn a new language like French, Spanish, or Russian, but thought it would be too difficult and time-consuming? Then go to Babbel.com and try it for free. Babbel works because it's built around real life. It teaches you everyday practical conversations that you will actually use. In 15 minutes a day, you'll be on your way to speaking a new language in just a few weeks. Babbel uses a modern conversation-based technique that makes language engaging, fun, and memorable. It starts by teaching you words and phrases. Then, sentences gradually get more complex. Soon, you're practicing short conversations about real-life topics. Babbel is created by language experts who use the space repetition method to help you learn quickly and remember what you learned. With Babbel, you can speak a new language. Babbel. Language for life. Now try Babbel free. Just go to Babbel.com or download the Babbel app and start learning a new language today. That's Babbel.com. B-A-B-B-E-L dot com. A social distancing tip. While the CDC urges you to avoid close contact, like hugging or shaking hands, there are other non-physical ways to say hello. 
Wave. Wink. Use sign language. Salute. Smile. Give the peace sign. Throw up an air high five. Do jazz hands. Remember, stay a minimum of six feet or two arms length away from others and stay home if you can. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. We got 24 tall boys on the chill. Yeah, 14 of them's mine. A little Marshall Tucker on the radio. You know, we just catch a little groove before the show. We ain't playing nothing slow at the parking lot party. A tailgate bug just a sipping on suds ain't ever too early. To light one up, fill up your cup, cause I ain't no party like We are the Y'all Show. Talk with a Southern accent. I'm John Rawl. Good to have everybody back here on this Tuesday edition of the program covering everything across the Southeast. And we bring on now to our show, to our segment, to close out this exciting edition, our barbecue barrister, Matt Hermans. And it is so wonderful to bring him back on the show because... Let's be honest, I don't know how we don't have him on every single day of the Y'all Show. He has so much good stuff, and I'm going to make him work doubly on today's Y'all Show. In fact, I'm going to get him to be a little scientific on today's Y'all Show. Matt Hermans, welcome back to the program, sir. I heard the word scientific. I'm going to go ahead and sign off. See y'all later. Yeah. Well, don't do not do that. Don't do that. We need you, sir. <laughs> we need you. We need you, oh, barrister. How, how you doing? You're looking good. You you are mustacheless this week. Yeah, I miss it. It was uh, you know, it was a Corona stash. It's meant to block germs, but uh, my wife did not approve of it, so I gave her a Mother's Day present, which was free and just required a a razor. So here I am. Is that a current theme going on? A a trending deal? A Corona stash? If if so, I missed the memo. Uh, no, I think it was just in my house and it's dead now. The main thing is, did, did your wife grow a Corona stash? (laughs) (laughs) Thank God she didn't. Thank God she didn't. Or at least tell me she at least, uh, shaved her legs at least once over the last two months. Yeah. Yeah. The, the leg beard. No, 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 none of that. None of that. It was just me messing around you you know you're in the house for a long time you don't have to put on a suit or anything and all of a sudden you're looking like uh you know got a mustache you're like burt reynolds and all kinds of stuff so uh i already missed it i feel like i've really lost something by shaving it off but i think i mean i'm gonna try to cope you cope and you cope well matt Herman's i got a you, you you brought up the big holiday that we celebrated on sunday and that was mother's day 2020 and uh, yeah, I don't know if you had a chance to get out. You live in one of those states that's sort of kind of coming back to life a little bit. I don't know if you went out to eat on Sunday in celebration of your, your wife as she had her first Mother's Day as a mom. So congratulations to the Mrs. Barrister on that feat. Uh, did you go out or did you treat her to a Sunday feast? 
Well, thank you, first of all. And uh, no, we're, you're right, we're kind of quasi-opened and we got a kiddo and the, the crowds have kind of come back down to our island here. And so it's, uh, it went from being, you know, dead to, to just wild. So we did not go out with the, with the baby. Uh, but we did, um, we did uh, procure a fantastic meal, uh, from a local place. I just went and picked it up, brought it back here and we ate and, uh, so it was very nice. It was very nice. And I shaved the mustache. I'm sure that was a highlight of her, her weekend, honestly. So um, it was um, it was a great time. It was a great weekend, despite the fact we weren't able to really go out and, and you know, fight through the crowds or whatever. Just, uh, you know, so. But, yeah, great. It was a great weekend. So no barbecue barrister original dish for Mother's Day 2020, eh? Uh, you know what? I fell down on the job, to be honest with you. I just kicked steaks, and then on Sunday, I did a couple racks of ribs. So oh, You did do some know. work. What's that? I thought you just took the whole day off. It sounds like you did do some grilling on Mother's Day. I did. Yeah, I did. It, she w- she went to, My wife went to see her mother, who's on the other side of town. So uh, I took the opportunity to throw some ribs on there, you know, just to do it because I love doing it. And um and then we ended up grilling steaks that night. So, uh, yeah, I mean, nothing big, um, nothing out of the ordinary, nothing special. But she wanted steak, and so that's what we did. And then we had a, like I said, we had a nice lunch from a, from a local place. So didn't break any new barbecue ground, but had a great Mother's Day and made the, the wife happy, which is important. Okay. Well, here is my question, Barrister. What, in your definition of being our barbecue barrister, are, and we're a little late on this, so I guess we need to all write little notes to ourselves and stick it in the back of the drawer and pull it out about a year from now. What is your definition of Mother's Day food? What are the things that we should be eating on Mother's Day? Because I have my own opinion that I want to get your tips on, but let's hear from you first. Yeah. I think of sweet stuff, honestly. Like, I think of Mother's Day, I think of chocolate, I think of a dessert. We don't eat a whole lot of desserts, but, you know, we did on Mother's Day. I think of stuff that, you know, mothers like. They tend to like uh, chocolatey things and splurging on a little bit of dessert. Uh, Something fancy, you know, Um, maybe a little bit fancy. You know, if you're going out with the family, you can't, you're not going to drag your your kiddos to a a, um, a really five-star type meal or whatever. But, you know, a lot of folks are able to go out. So, um, you know, and a lot of, you know, you can still get a babysitter. And uh, so I think of, uh, you know, something to thank thank, thank your wife and thank, uh, thank the moms in your life. Uh, and so I think of a little bit upscale, but fancy, and I think of dessert, man. i got to be honest with you. You think more think dessert than I, I really was kind of pushing you to give us an answer on the meat for mother's day what's ah, the, what's the mother's day meat be, according to our barbecue barrister something a little bit you know like i say fancy you do a little decadent you know a steak right uh steak is good that's you can't go wrong if you know what you're doing and you had that on saturday party. evening uh we had the steak saturday evening and we did our, yes yeah when we did our uh we did our you know little pickup lunch on sunday so uh, she was very excited about that so i think you can't go wrong with steak if you know what you're doing can't go wrong with a steak on Mother's Day. It's a little bit fancy. It's a little bit upscale. Everybody loves it, and you know, make may make your uh, your mom and your life feel special. Now, the real big question, the one that I get paid the big pesos here on the y'all show for, Matt Herman's 
Let's tap into your maternal instincts. Let's tap into your female instincts here. Is it okay to take a female, a mother, out to eat on Mother's Day? Or deep down, they really want you to cook for them? You tell me the answer because I know nothing about females. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. I think uh, we both have a uh, little... <laughs> Little rugrats that may maybe uh, disprove that theory, but I will. Uh, I, I I know nothing about the way females think. Let me clarify. That. Okay, well, you're barking up the wrong tree um, here too. No, I would say, I would say Mother's Day from my experience, and I grew up in a family of four kids, so my mother wanted to get the heck out of the house for Mother's Day. Okay, so that's been my experience as well. I think. Especially if you are a mother or your wife is a mother or you, you have a mom in your life that is spends a lot of time at the house, maybe dealing with the kids, maybe running the household. Uh, she may want to get a little bit of an escape. She may want to get the heck out of the house. I know for a fact uh, that uh, that's probably my, what, what my wife would have liked to have done. But situation we're in, of course, right now with the crowds and things like that. Uh, Probably wasn't in the cards, so I would be very, very sure. If we were pay- playing Family Feud, I mean, I would hit the buzzer, and I wouldn't even doubt it. Number one on the list would be get out of the house, go out to eat, leave the kiddos and the chores and the uh, the dishes for somebody else. I think most moms would be like, man, let's get me out of the house for a little bit. You want to give me a Mother's Day? Get this mother out of the house and do something else. That's what I would say. Very good answer. Now, back to what I was getting to in terms of meat. Give me your top three meat choices. You mentioned steak. Anything else? Mother's Day approval for you, sir. All right. Wonderful. I think, uh, I don't want to offend anybody, but I think I think um, women, uh, from my experience, love filet. A filet mignon, of course, is a piece of beef tenderloin that's cut into a steak. Very lean, very tender. Um, no, maybe not the most flavorful steak, not a whole lot of fat and fat's pretty flavorful, but I would say the filet mignon, uh, which is, I would say that's probably the number one mother's day steak. Women tend to like it. It's very clean. There's no gristle. It's very, it's very, uh, and it's upscale. It's not cheap. That'd be my number one. Number two, I would say, we're going to say this is a steak because really it is, is prime rib. That's something that's really fantastic that. Uh, not only moms, but everybody else kind of loves too. Your little prime rib, which is a prime rib, is a roast. Well, uh, it, it's a ribeye roast, which means it is basically a long, giant, massive ribeye steak that has not been cut. That's all a prime rib is, and you cook it like a roast instead of cooking it like a steak, because it's a big piece of meat. So, uh, again, very fancy, upscale, tasty piece of meat. Um, I think you can't go wrong with prime rib. And after that, you know, uh, for the uh, the discriminating tastes, you know, maybe, uh, maybe somebody kind of floats on over to my side, which, uh, you know, they like the, the rendered fat. And I say ribeye steak. Ribeye is a fantastic steak. It's my favorite steak. Uh, and when done properly, I think it's probably the most flavorful steak. So, but you're not, you know, a little more adventurous. You're going to have to cut around a little bit of fat. You're going to have to enjoy fat because that's part of the ribeye's experience. It's delicious. It's the rendered fat. So, filet, you can't go wrong. Prime rib, fantastic. A little bit more adventurous folks out there. I'd say ribeye. I'm, I'm happy with those top three. 
that gives me a great subject for a future conversation with our barbecue barrister. I need to get you to rank your cuts of steak. You just mentioned ribeye was your favorite. I want to know what numbers two, three, four, five, and on down the line are for you. But we'll save that discussion for another time. I am surprised, barbecue barrister, that you didn't list what I thought would be a sure top three, maybe even the number one choice when it comes to food for Mother's Day, the meat selection, and that would be ham. You, are you anti-ham? You know, yeah, you know, I, I I think a honey baked or maybe a sweet glazed ham, that's a fantastic option as well. Um, I tend to, I don't know, I just, for whatever reason, I may be off the off the map here, but uh, I tend to think of going out, taking, taking mom out to a place to eat, and, uh, you know, I think of a ham being more like a banquet style at the house, like a family get-together, which a lot of people probably do on Mother's Day as well family come over particularly during this time where you you know you're still limited on what you can do i love it i love ham and i think that's a fantastic uh, option there i okay. it did not even cross my mind john so uh but yeah i'm a big fan of a ham well i'm glad to hear that and of course if you are going to eat at home which a lot of people had to do even if they wanted to go out here in 2020 for mother's day you can go usually to one of these ham stores and as long as they're open in your community that makes for a really good choice because they pretty much do all the hard work for you and you can serve it up and not spend hours and hours on a grill if you do go get your ham whether it's for mother's day or possibly for something else coming up here soon or anytime's a good time to cook a ham let's be honest what are some of your real quick tips on taking that ham from, let's say, a honey-baked ham or Virginia-baked ham or whatever the stores are that have those things? What is your your little secret on making it taste a little bit better than what you get from the store? This is going to shock you. This is going to shock everyone out there. Um, but my, my advice would be the secret to be would be to put it on the smoker for a little bit of time. <laughs> and if you um, don't have a smoker? If you don't have a smoker, then I would, you know, um, well, it comes down to whether you like cold ham, you like warm ham. When okay. I think of a uh, honey baked or honey bee or whatever, I'm not, you know, shilling for any particular brand here. They're all fantastic. Um, but, you know, I think of a warmer ham. I think of that. That's what I think of. However, I know some people eat them cold and I like it cold as well. So um, I think you need a nice sauce. Uh, if you're going to eat whether you, you're going to eat cold ham, I think you need a nice sauce. I like to have a little bit of a roll or a biscuit because uh, there's really not a whole heck of a lot better than a biscuit and uh, and ham. And if you melt a little cheese onto the biscuit and make yourself a little ham and cheese biscuit, that's pretty fantastic as well. But there are some good sauces that go really well with a sweet ham. There's horseradish sauces. There's mustard-based sauces. I like a sauce with the ham personally, especially if I'm going to use a, a bread product to make a sandwich or a roll out of it, which... That's another thing. A biscuit's fantastic with those sweet rolls uh, with ham is really, really wonderful. In fact, I'm, I'm getting a little mouthwatery right now. But uh, I would say if you're going to eat a warm ham, put it on the smoker. If not, if you can eat a cold ham, you need a good sauce. And I would add a biscuit or a roll to the equation. It's fine to eat a nice piece of uh, honey baked ham by itself. I love it. But you got a little option there. You want to put a little on a roll with some Swiss cheese, something like that. It's fantastic. He is our barbecue barrister here on the Y'all Show, our website, y'all.com. 
make sure you go on there and find the barristers reports each week we have the y'all tv barbecue barrister report up each tuesday and that's available for you to go back and reference and learn so much more about what he has for us in terms of making our bellies full we're not done with our barbecue barrister report for this week when we come back as promised we're going to get our barbecue barrister to earn his phd in atmosphere in science and more we're going to put him to work we're going to get professor barrister barbecue on with us and i'll tell you why we're going to have that conversation it's very important when it comes to grilling and we'll have that conversation with our barbecue barrister right after this don't go anywhere Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief on symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Have you wanted to speak a new language, but thought it would be too difficult? Then try Babbel. Babbel starts by teaching you words and phrases that gradually get more complex. Soon, you're practicing short conversations. So in 15 minutes a day, you'll be speaking a new language in a few weeks. Babbel is built around real life. It teaches you practical conversations that you will actually use. Babbel, language for life. Now try Babbel for free. Just go to Babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com. Do you have constipation with belly pain, straining, and bloating that keeps coming back? Take the five-question gut check to see if it could be more than occasional constipation. It could be irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBS-C. Linzess, or linaclotide, is a prescription medication that treats IBS-C in adults. Linzess is not a laxative. It works differently. Linzess helps relieve belly pain and lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Talk to your doctor about whether Linzess is right for you. Go to Linzess.com to take the five-question gut check. That's L-I-N-Z-E-S-S dot com or call 1-800-LINZESS. Hey, Al Hooker. Yeah, man. Where you been so long, man? Oh, man, I've been out there in 1919 West Taylor. What you been doing out there, man? Oh, man, I was out there messing around with Rand and Dr. Newhouse, man. I had to get rid of them two bugs and that roach I had. How you do that? Oh, man, I hit it something like this, Jack. And we're back on the Y'all Show, our final segment, wrapping things up today with our barbecue barrister, Matt Hermans. And speaking of barbecue, we want you to tune in on Thursday. We're going to go on a virtual tour. Our spring swing tour continues. This time we'll be in the Alabama Mountain Lakes. 
That's North Alabama, the 14 counties stretching from the Mississippi line across Georgia and on the Tennessee line there on the north end of Alabama. And we're going to have a great time talking to various people related to North Alabama. One of the great guests that we're going to bring on on the Thursday virtual tour of North Alabama is the pitmaster at Big Bob Gibson's in Decatur, Alabama. And we're going to have him on to tell us, he's going to tell us all the secrets of that white sauce that you'll find there in Decatur at Big Bob Gibson's. I don't think he's going to quite give us the secret ingredient, but we're going to learn a lot about Big Bob Gibson's and how they do it with the pit master and owner. And that'll be part of our Thursday showcase of the Alabama Mountain Lakes as part of our spring swing tour, stop number three of the South. You don't want to miss out on the fun of that matt hermans is on we're having fun talking to him and i know he's had a chance to have some of that good white sauce before in decatur alabama what'd you think i love the white sauce john i, I it's uh i would say it's like a thin ranch i mean it's not quite ranch but it's it's tangy and it's savory and it's uh vinegary and it's mayo-y it's i don't i love it it's delicious I don't know, probably best on chicken, uh, I think, but um, I'm a big fan of that white sauce. I, I, I uh, Probably not for everybody, but I do love it. Now, you're one of those so-called barbecue snobs, and you kind of keep up with this stuff. Have you seen or do you know of white sauce anywhere else in the South besides there in Decatur and North Alabama? I've never, I've never seen it anywhere else. Um, so I guess the answer to that and is... you've been looking. Uh, let's let's clarify. You would know it. For, <laughs> I've been looking for years, John. I've been researching for a very long time, any chance I get. So I've never seen a white sauce anywhere else other than that particular region there in Alabama. So, uh, you know, I'd be proud of it. I'd be proud of it. I know, uh, yeah, Big Bob Gibson's, that's a heck of a joint. Uh, definitely encourage people to go check that out. Really classic place. And that white sauce, they dunk the chicken um the whole leg of a chicken which is my opinion is the best they dunk it in the white sauce they don't pour it on dunk it in and pull it out they get baptized so it's delicious that i didn't know that we'll have a conversation about that on thursday matt hermans hopefully maybe you can tune in and and join us for that conversation well let's talk a little bit because of big bob gibson coming on on thursday i did a little weekend research and they were invited to and you, you may know the exact name of this thing there is a, it looks like an annual barbecue event in New York City. It's got a trendy name. They didn't have it this year, or they're not going to have it this year. But evidently, a lot of barbecue guys from around the country descend upon Manhattan at some point, I think during the summer months, and they have a big old barbecue feast there, and people come out and partake. And Big Bob Gibson's has been there in years past, and they got a video I was watching of the pitmaster there in NYC, and he was talking about the way he does his barbecue and in Decatur, but when he took his show on the road to New York City, well, things changed. And he was talking about something that had never hit me. And since you're our barbecue barrister, and I'm sure you're our scientist when it comes to barbecue, and too, let's talk about humidity and how that affects barbecue. Because I know it does. What do we need to know? And depending on where you're located, how big of a deal is humidity and barbecue and oh, barrister? Man, that's a great question. Okay, so, you know, most of 
most of the south is going to be relatively humid. Parts are going to be less humid. You're talking about mountainous areas, maybe East Tennessee, Western Virginia, that type of area. Probably get up in the altitude. It's probably less humid, although I imagine down in the valleys it's still pretty sticky. But the south's a pretty humid place. I mean, from Arkansas to Florida, you know, from eastern Texas over up to Virginia, we've got our share of humidity. And some places are very, very, very humid uh, throughout the coastal and deep south for sure. So, I think the South and humidity, first of all, are just uh, indis- there. You cannot separate them. They're married. Um, they're happily they're married. married. Yeah, they are. <laughs> they are bonded together. They're stitched together. Um, so we'll start off with that. But it's there. There are there are ways that humidity can affect a cook. The first thing, the major thing that comes to mind for me is charcoal and wood. Um, Charcoal and wood are, are, so the wood you're going to use to burn for barbecue is not green wood. It has been dried out. Um, it has either been kiln dried at a factory where they, they heat it really hot. They don't burn it, but they dry it out. Or it's been sitting in somebody's backyard or, or field somewhere and allowing it to dry out. So the reason I bring that up is because it wants to suck up moisture. Uh, if it's dried out, charcoal, the same thing. This is charcoal is pulverized. A wood product lump charcoal is just kind of chunks of wood that they've burned into charcoal at, and again at a very high heat uh, but then briquettes are just ground up versions of that smashed together long story short charcoal and wood wants to suck up the atmosphere so if you leave your charcoal bag open or you leave your charcoal sitting there for a long period of time or you don't seal it or it's in a smoker for a long period of time um, basically just like a, a long cook is just going to sit there it will tend to become moist and it will affect the burn time. It will affect the burn temperature. It will affect the burn rate because it will suck up some of that incredible humidity that we have across the South. So that's one thing. Same thing with wood. Um, One of the common misconceptions or one of the things people do with wood or that they think you're supposed to do with wood if you're using chips or chunks is to soak it in water. Um, I would never, ever do that. I would tell anybody who's doing that to, to consider not doing it. There's no reason to do it. It gives you a funky, ugly, nasty smoke. And the reason I bring that up is because you don't want it to be wet from humidity either. You want the driest wood you can possibly get. Um, so uh, the humidity also, it affects the outside temperature. So it acts like a blanket. So think about, think about going outside when it's 80 and sticky. Uh, versus when it's 90 and dry. The 80 and sticky, after a while, is going to get to you more than 90 and dry, just the way it is. It's because the humidity holds you like a blanket. It's very close. The moisture tracks heat and bounces around. It's like having a – it's very, very close. That's kind of a word we use in South. It's close outside or it's thick. Um, same thing for cook. You'll tend to cook warmer on a humid night you're cooking overnight or during the day than you would on a breezy dry day it's just the way it is um, so you've got the moisture in your cook fuel we'll call wood and charcoal cook fuel and you've got the warm blanket of humidity that can raise the temperature in your cook versus a drier type of air so absolutely it can affect it what about the meat is the meat affected by humidity uh, I would say the meat's not going to be terribly affected. You're going to, you know, you're going to, the meat's going to be moist anyway. Um, even if you salt it overnight, like like I tend to do on, on ribs to kind of remove some of the moisture, meat's going to be very, very moist. 
Um, it's not not a situation. A lot of people use water pans, or you're going to have steam in there anyway. But I, I, not so much the meat. Um, it's not te- necessarily going to affect the texture of the meat, in my opinion. Now, maybe if you're if you're doing barbecue in Arizona, where the humidity is down close to zero, you may want to add a little more fat, a little more moisture to your meat in the form of a mop or maybe an injection. But you're talking, you know, that's an extreme. You're talking a desert extreme with almost no humidity. I think generally that's not going to be the effect. It's going to be the effect. The effect's going to be on the temperature of the cook and the fuel and the way that burns. You sound like you know what you're talking about, and I'm not going to dispute you here on today's y'all show. I do want to ask you, though, because we know in the South, most of us don't necessarily leave the South for months on end and go to, let's say, the North or even to Arizona for a couple of months. We're pretty much sheltering in place in the South year-round, wherever we happen to live in the South. So we don't really have anything to judge it by living in other parts of the country. My question is, we know in the summertime, of course, it's ultra humid in most of the South. Is it as humid in the South, and we don't even realize it, in the winter months or in the early spring? And if so, does that mean we need to adjust when we put something out on the smoker? Yeah, so the that's a interesting thing because sometimes you may not notice the humidity when the temperature is not that warm although sometimes you will in some places you can actually see it and i think people would probably recognize what i'm talking about even on a cool day but the winter time and the fall the late fall and winter is typically the least humid time throughout the south it just dries out a little bit and um you know people will get chapped lips and things like that it's because your body gets used to the humidity um same thing if you you know you come from someplace along the gulf coast you spend too much time or not too much time you spend time in the the desert arid southwest you will begin to have cracked knuckles and itchy eyes and things like that you may think that it's nice and dry but your body gets used to the humidity uh and essentially gets addicted to it and i've experienced that myself i think a lot of folks have over time but anyway the 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 point of that is um the humid the least humid months are going to be winter and fall and of course the most humid is going to be your spring summer and then early fall say september so of course then you're talking about fall and winter you got a whole different bag there not only do you have less humidity but you have a cool breeze and you have drier air and you have lower temperatures so we've kind of talked about that before temperature is huge temperature is 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 a big, big thing. You're going to have to burn a lot more fuel. You have to give a lot more oxygen to that smoker to keep it warm than you would on a sticky 90 degree, 85% humidity day. For sure. Matt Herman's one of the things you were talking early on in this conversation was about your wood. And I want to know, since you're all about the hickory, I want to know what is the shelf life of that hickory when you have, let's say, 105 degree temperatures in the summer and then it drops down to sometimes zero degrees in certain portions of Dixie in the wintertime. And knowing that you have these atmospheric changes, what's the shelf life on your wood, oh, barbecue barrister? Well, the enemy of uh, smoking wood is moisture. Okay. So, um,. You, as long as it's dry, as long as you keep it in a garage, as long as you keep it kind of sealed up um, in a place that's not going to get moldy, that's not going to get terribly moist, it'll last forever. I mean, this is wood we're talking about and dry wood that's been kiln dried most of the time. So moisture's your enemy. Um, as long as you keep it dry, the wood will last for a very long time, essentially. No matter what the temperature outside. 
What's that? No matter what the temperature outside. No matter what the temperature, no, that's that's right. Now, the other side of that, if you got freezes, you know, wood does have a certain, even though we said it's dried, it is dried, wood does still have a, a certain amount of moisture in it. So a freeze cycle where the wood freezes and thaws and freezes and thaws, um, that can affect it. That can kind of uh, shorten the life. And you'll know if you're used to cooking or even if you just get started cooking, you see crumbly wood. It looks like maybe it's 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 starting to break down. You don't want to burn that. It's not going Remember, it's basically food. It's the, the smoke is going to go into your mouth one way or the other. So, um, but no, if you keep your wood dry, whether it's hot, whether it's cold, as long as it's not freezing and doing that cycle, as long as it's not getting wet and sitting in wetness, that's why you'll see a lot of folks. If you've got a cord of wood, if somebody's doing a lot of barbecue and they'll have a cord of hickory wood or pecan wood, there's all kinds of different wood. You want to cover it up with a tarp uh, to keep it from getting that moisture. You want to keep it dry. Because moisture is the enemy. Like I said before, you don't want to smoke with wet wood. And if you've ever heard that rumor, don't you don't want to wet it. You don't want to soak it. You don't want to do that. So uh, temperature is not going to bother you. Uh, freezing or getting wet will have an effect. Getting wet will ruin the wood. So, um, yeah, that's about it. Duly noted barbecue barrister Matt Hermans. I do have to ask you, this is going back to my childhood, and I still have some bad memories when you're talking about stacking up wood. I happen to be old enough that I don't know if you ever heard of the whole craze of the 1970s and 80s when everybody had their wood heaters in their homes. You know, Do you remember that craze? Yeah. My, yeah, my grandparents actually, um, they had a wood stove that heated their whole house in East Texas for well, until now, they still have it. So, um, okay. yeah, I, I do remember that. They had cords of wood outside, usually post oak from around. Uh, so, yes, I am. A lot of that started yeah. when we had the fuel crisis of the 70s, and people said, well, we'll just heat our home instead of doing it through the electricity. We'll go cut wood and, and burn those things. It was it was a rage there for a few years, and I happened to be a kid growing up in one of the homes where we had to have that wood stacked outside. and. My whole point of bringing this up, barbecue barrister, is more than one time when I old little little Johnny went out there to go get some wood, there was some kind of creature, either a rat or a snake, under the wood pile. So some of us are a little scared to have wood stacked around the house, if you know what I mean. Spiders too, oh. yeah, black widows, oh, black yeah. widow spiders, yeah, yeah, and I've, I'm sure they I've, love uh, hickory wood too. I don't like them. Oh, yeah, they absolutely they love the smell of it. It's delicious. Uh, Matt, yeah, no. as we wrap up, with, I, I got you. I don't like any of those things, but I'll take a spider over a snake any day. Matt, as we wrap up with you, any other, since you're our scientist for the day here on today's y'all show, any other atmospheric things we need to be on the lookout for when it comes to grilling outside? We've already talked about humidity in detail. Anything else we need to be aware of? Wind, wind. Um, is is a big thing, and of course, rain. I feel like mentioning rain is, you know, that's obvious. If you have water pouring on your smoker, um, and again, if you're cooking 12, 14, 15 hours, you know, the good Lord may decide to send you some water, and that's it. You're not packing your meat up and putting it inside. So, what do you? Do? I don't need to mention. I mean, if the water is smashing on the side of your smoker, it's going to affect your temperature, obviously. But wind, just wind generally. Um, will have a profound effect on not only the burn of mm. your uh, of your wood or your coal or both, 
but the temperature as well, even on a warm day, if you've got a prevailing breeze coming through, it takes away a lot of heat. And the way most smokers work, if you've got a barrel smoker, you got a sidebox smoker, the way you regulate your heat is by either feeding or starving the fire of oxygen. So you can imagine if the wind comes by, a strong breeze comes by and forces air into these little vents and holes, you get more oxygen, you get more heat, you get a faster burn, you can really mess around with your temperature. So uh, best thing to do is, is face the any vents you're using away from the wind. And if you can't do that, just keep an eye on it and uh, adjust accordingly. But a wind can, can certainly affect your smoke. But don't let wind cancel your big barbecue plan. Don't let anything cancel. Okay. Not, not even a couple of tornadoes or thunderstorms in the area. No. no. Okay. Don't do Just step inside, go to the bathroom for a minute, come back, pack out, check the meat, mop. You're good. What about devices? Do you have any kind of barometer or anything like that that you use when you grill to kind of make sure that things go well for you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there are a lot of really good thermometer so i knew initially people i said barometer something to check on oh barometer okay um you are you know what i've never seen a barbecue barometer (laughs) i would if there is one i'm going to start looking into it not not necessarily for barbecue i'm just talking about for the atmosphere i didn't know if you needed to check your little gauge your weather gauge when before you start going with barbecuing yeah i've uh i've had a barometer in the backyard to, to uh check the te- to uh check the humidity or the dew point i guess right we call it the dew point um so uh you know what if you're going to be prepared um you might as well have that out there get your temperature get get your thermometer that's accurate get you a barometer that way you can measure and then get you you know what get you one of those little wind speed things too one of the little ones with the cups because you know why not you're going to be as prepared as possible especially if people waiting on that delicious barbecue you don't want to leave it to the elements Uh, let's face it whenever you grill you do it upright you've put a lot of time you put a lot of money into it and you got a lot of people depending on you and if it came down to the fact that you were too cheap to not go out and spend a couple of dollars to check on the environment or and check out the weather channel maybe before you got going we want you to be a success just like our barbecue barrister and those are the kind of things that here on today's report of our barbecue barrister we get to cover these things and 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 learn from our professor of barbecue and 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 the atmosphere it sounds like i'm pretty impressed well you've got pretty low standards John. <laughs> I, I, <do. laughs> I, I am impressed and you also have given us some good fodder for future discussions when it comes to talking about your style of steaks and and so much more but i'm i'm glad to know after this very important conversation today essentially what i think i heard from our barbecue barrister you have no excuse to not grill don't let mother nature get in the way i bet you even a snowstorm or sleet storm won't stop our big guy from barbecuing what's the old uh you know the postman the, the postal worker I, I forget the little poem but uh you know just you move that over to pitmaster and it's the <laughs> same thing absolutely neither rain nor dark of night or something i don't know 
but uh yeah i've cooked through all of it maybe not maybe not uh some of it's more fun than others but hey if you're gonna do it you can do it you can adjust you can make it work i promise you well let's keep uh, in mind oftentimes when you're around a grill it's gonna be hot and imagine being around a a a smoker when it's 100 degrees outside and you mix in the the fire and all that it's got to be uncomfortable i guess it's kind of like going to a sporting event you're kind of looking for the post-game shower at some point unless <laughs> unless your sweetie lets you sneak on into bed without taking a shower after a long day smoking yeah i mean you combine the uh the perspiration with the uh the various wood smokes and uh, uh you know i don't uh I think you better put a shower in the cards no matter what, I would say. Some of us, you know, some of us would take a little hickory smoke and dab here, a little pork fat here, you know, and just think that's a wonderful, uh, wonderful um, aura to have. But, you know, if you want to have a happy marriage, you're probably going to take a shower. I understand. Beauty tips from our barbecue barrister, Matt Hermans on today's Y'all Show. Great information. I'm glad we brought it up to you, sir. We look forward to talking with you again next week and thank you for coming on the y'all show matt hermans can't wait see you then all right that will wrap up another exciting edition of the show that's all about the south make sure you stay right here for the wednesday y'all show we'll have country music talk acc talking and so much more and don't forget we're going to north alabama on thursday for our little virtual tour and some barbecue talk there courtesy of big bob gibson's will be part of the fun all that right here on the y'all show with your host the general of all things southern john rawl thanks for being a part of our program text and whatever just don't text and drive visit stoptextsstoprex.org a message from the national highway traffic safety administration and the ad council